Section forty one of Essays, Book One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Essays, Book One by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Not to communicate a man's honour of all the follies of the world that which is most universally received is the solicitude of reputation and glory which we are fond of to that degree as to abandon riches peace life and health which are effectual and substantial goods to pursue this vain phantom and empty word that has neither body nor hold to be taken of it la fama ch'invaghisce a un dolce suono di superbi mortali e par si bella e un eco un sogno e si d'un sogno in ombra ch'ad ogni vento si dilegua sgombra fame which with alluring sound charms proud mortals and appears so fair is but an echo a dream nay the shadow of a dream which at every breath vanishes and dissolves tasso gerusaleme liberata book fourteen sixty three and of all the irrational humours of men it should seem that the philosophers themselves are among the last and the most reluctant to disengage themselves from this it is the most restive and obstinate of all quia etiam bene proficientes animos tentare non cessat because it ceases not to assail even well-directed minds st augustine de civitate dei volume fourteen there is not any one of which reason so clearly accuses the vanity but it is so deeply rooted in us that i dare not determine whether any one ever clearly discharged himself from it or no after you have said all and believed all has been said to its prejudice it produces so intestine an inclination in opposition to your best arguments that you have little power to resist it for as cicero says even those who most controvert it would yet that the books they write about it should visit the light under their own names and seek to derive glory from seeming to despise it all other things are communicable and fall into commerce we lend our goods and stake our lives for the necessity and service of our friends but to communicate a man's honour and to robe another with a man's own glory is very rarely seen and yet we have some examples of that kind Catalus Luctatius in the Cimbrian war, having done all that in him lay to make his flying soldiers face about upon the enemy, ran himself at last away with the rest, and counterfeited the coward, to the end that his men might seem rather to follow their captain than to fly from the enemy, which was to abandon his own reputation in order to cover the shame of others 
when charles v came into provence in the year fifteen thirty seven it is said that antonio de leva seeing the emperor positively resolved upon this expedition and believing it would redound very much to his honour did nevertheless very stiffly oppose it in the council to the end that the entire glory of that resolution should be attributed to his master and that it might be said his own wisdom and foresight had been such as that contrary to the opinion of all he had brought about so great an enterprise which was to do him honour at his own expense the thracian ambassadors coming to comfort archileonida the mother of brasidas upon the death of her son and commending him to that height as to say he had not left his like behind him she rejected this private and particular commendation to attribute it to the public tell me not that said she i know the city of sparta has many citizens both greater and of greater worse than he in the battle of crecy the prince of wales being then very young had the vanguard committed to him the main stress of the battle happened to be in that place which made the lords who were with him finding themselves overmatched send to king edward to advance to their relief he inquired of the condition his son was in and being answered that he was alive and on horseback i should then do him wrong said the king now to go and deprive him of the honour of winning this battle he has so long and so bravely sustained what hazard soever he runs that shall be entirely his own and accordingly would neither go nor send knowing that if he went it would be said all had been lost without his succour and that the honour of the victory would be wholly attributed to him semper enim quod postremo abjecto est id rem totam videtur traxisse for always that which is last added seems to have accomplished the whole affair livy book twenty seven forty five many at rome thought and would usually say that the greatest of scipio's acts were in part due to lilius whose constant practice it was still to advance and support scipio's grandeur and renown without any care of his own and theopompus king of sparta to him who told him the republic could not miscarry since he knew so well how to command tis rather answered he because the people know so well how to obey as women succeeding to peerages had notwithstanding their sex the privilege to attend and give their votes in the trials that appertained to the jurisdiction of peers so the ecclesiastical peers notwithstanding their profession were obliged to attend our kings in their wars not only with their friends and servants but in their own persons as the bishop of beauvais did who being with philip augustus at the battle of bouvines had a notable share in that action but he did not think it fit for him to participate in the fruit and glory of that violent and bloody trade 
he with his own hand reduced several of the enemy that day to his mercy whom he delivered to the first gentleman he met either to kill or receive them to quarter referring the whole execution to this other hand and he did this with regard to william earl of salisbury whom he gave up to messire jean de nel with a like subtlety of conscience to that which i have just named he would kill but not wound and for that reason ever fought with a mace and a certain person of my time being reproached by the king that he had laid hands on a priest stiffly and positively denied he had done any such thing the meaning of which was he had cudgelled and kicked him end of section forty one recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey